Hey, we're looking at something really quickly here as we uh, do a little pillow talk in the evening just before uh, crashing off to sleep here. One topic that came to mind was a story I picked up on Populous Press. Now, Populous Press is a website you can look at if you are looking for uh, something that generally mainstream media uh, does not cover. And this is about a former North Carolina hospital executive. He claimed he was fired because he was male, he was white, he was over 50. Now, a judge agreed and has awarded him $10 million in what they're calling a case of reverse discrimination. And the lawsuit won on Tuesday. Uh, the uh, Norvant Health, uh, that's N-O-V-A-N-T, Novant Health, has been ordered to pay $10 million in restitution, punitive damages to David Duvall. No, he's not rela- related to, uh, to, to, to the other Duvall, I think, uh, at least as far as we know. Uh, now, this was his former senior vice president of marketing and communications. Now, the federal jury, or federal jury rather, and the judge in uh, Charlotte to North Carolina said that Duvall claimed in 2009 that he was let go from his job after a July 2018 uh, meeting because the health system had a diversity effort. And even though he was qualified for the job, and even though he still was supposed to be working at the job and was replaced by a woman of a different race uh, who was black, and uh, this reason cited was not because of any other reason than his gender and also his race. He was also uh, later replaced uh, in, in another task that he was assigned to by another woman now who happened to be of uh, the LGBT community. Now, Duval accused Nuvant of violating Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, which prohibits race and gender discrimination in the workplace. You can't discriminate, the jury said, regardless of whether the person is of the majority or of the minority. That's the law. You may want to be more woke in the things you do, but leading to that, Nuvant has suddenly gone broke. And that is their problem that they're going to be dealing with uh, for some time. Another issue that is raising a lot of eyebrows. Now, Lydia reports on 770 uh, uh, WABC. I listen to that almost every morning. But, uh, you know, th- 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 this is a, a great job often put together by, uh, by, by Lydia. And uh, I forget Lydia's last name. I should know her last name because I do listen to her show all the time. But <laughs> but but, uh, but 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 listening to her uh, report this morning, it was somewhat alarming. Not because of the issues of you know everybody focuses in like even on that last report I read. I think it was more a gender issue than it was a race issue there, and I think it was also an anti-age issue because the man was over fifty, and they said, oh well, you know, uh, with one man we can get rid of him and hire a person from uh, uh, a different race and a different gender, and then also from a different preference, see? So the the Nuvant thought they could be more open in their activities, which was really pushed by their HR department. Now, HR departments are causing headaches for numerous companies, governments, and other agencies around the world because of that. But this one is a totally different case. As Lydia uh, reports here on WABC, about how a father with two kids on the subway 
was asked about his, you know, not wearing his mask all the way up and, and was being told to, you know, chill a little bit because he was a little too angry. And then he goes and does something that was totally uh, uncalled for and, in fact, is being searched for by the uh, New York City Transit Police. Or at least that is what we hope for if all things are to be equal. Let's listen in. The video is now going viral on social media, and you can see it for yourself on my Twitter, at Lydia News, L-I-D-I-A-N-E-W-S. A man slugs a woman on a crowded New York City subway A-train because she told him to take a chill pill. It looks like this all started because he's wearing a mask and then he has it pulled down beneath his chin and the woman isn't wearing a mask. We don't know really what preceded this, but the guy just, I, I mean, the way he punched her in the face is is out, outrageous. Uh, take a listen. It's a little hard to hear, but you can kind of hear what, what happens. So obviously, uh, it was a racist attack. Uh, Lydia is uh, well, the inference we should draw from this, right? Yes, he's a black man. She's a white woman, and he was with two small children. And it looks like she said to him, "Be a better role model for your kids." Uh, what was what was even more crazy is well, I wanted to ask the two of you because I know what you guys would would have done. There's a guy standing right next to her that's with her, and he's a pretty big guy too. He's white. He does nothing. He says nothing. And after the woman is punched in the face, she took it like a man, like a 300-pound man. I couldn't believe it. She didn't even flinch. I mean, it looked like the guy, the way he hit her, he could have fractured her jaw. What would you guys have uh, done had you seen that go down? Well, I, I, I must tell you, I would have been armed. Uh, I, I, I never traveled the subway without some sort of knife or something that I have in my hand, even, even if it's a pen. And I would have went straight for his neck with the pen. That's what I would have done. I, I guarantee you, I promise that's what I would have done. That guy that didn't, he, obviously, he, that was his moment to shine. And he failed. He failed the moment. He was afraid. And uh, look, the fact that I, I heard the guy say, stay out of my black business. Is, am, am I correct? Did he say that? Yes. Okay. Yes. So this is a hate crime. Uh, this is clearly a hate crime. And... Uh, I think he should. Was he arrested, this guy? No, he was not arrested. And what's crazy is no, there's not a single media outlet except for the one we people are listening to now that is even bringing this to the public's attention. Now, and that, of course, is the current situation in New York City. Certain people, certain groups are not arrested, not talked about. Certain crimes are not discussed. Now, they say in the NYPD community that this is the order from City Hall. And they say this is an order actually also at City Hall that didn't come from them, but it comes from the state attorney general uh, who just declared that she's running for governor. Uh, but hey, what do we know? It could be anything. But this is the type of thing that is happening in New York City more and more and more and more and more. You're seeing certain people being given privileges regarding whether they're from a certain part of the city, 
or of a certain gender or of a certain race. Now they say this is just to equalize what had happened for centuries, years ago. And that doesn't make it right. Whether it happened years ago that way, whether one group did it before, one group did it now, law is the law. The 14th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States says that all laws must be delivered equally. This person committed an act of aggression against another person and used race as his keynote of his business. Uh, I don't think that, that any parent who would do that, I would never strike somebody in front of my two sons or my two kids. That is something that is just ridiculous as a parent. Sometimes you do have to take a chill pill. Now, for the woman, well, maybe she should also mind her own business a little bit when dealing with somebody who may have some issues and uh, getting in their face when they're dealing with two little kids can be a problem sometimes also because you can trigger people. So the best piece of advice there is that. As to the other man, the third party in this question that was raised in this broadcast who did nothing, he probably was the smartest one of all because first of all, had he entered the picture and started throwing punches or getting involved or used a weapon, that would have just aggravated the entire situation. Yes. Maybe he did fail to act as far as the way the streets would like to see. And will probably be called a B-I-T-C-H for the rest of his life for it on the streets. But in a court of law, he would probably be seen as the smartest one of this entire group. Wherein, by not acting, he can be a witness and sue and take legal damages for the actions. Meantime, let's listen to Mike Lindell. I promised you some pillow talk. Well, here's the man with my pillow and what he's doing to discuss the issues of elections and the questions that have been raised into their conduct over the past year. This has been going on in 28 states now. Attorney generals are coming forward and saying, you know what, things did not exactly go right in 2020. There were anomalies throughout the entire race. Now, did it affect the outcome? That is something that has to be determined by a court of law. Were there anomalies? Yes, indeed. That is what they're saying. And that is what people want to know exactly what those anomalies were. I'm Mike of New York, leaving you with a little pillow talk before bedtime. Actually, it's coming up on midnight in the city. And it is getting closer and closer to All Hallows' Eve as we get through this winter solstice in New York City, or actually, is it a solstice or is it an equinox? I always get that confused with Halloween is. Anyway, let's listen to Mike Lindell. The vote. How do you say that that shows you specifically that you're correct in what you're working on, and that is kind of the the, the end product, and you can tell this well, overvote is the tell. Okay. Well, we've got, remember, we have all the cyber data. We have all the packet captures from the whole election. Now, let's just disregard that for a minute. Then you've got work like these are mathematicians. We'll just grab one, uh, Doug Frank, physicist from uh, Ohio. He went out and he found that every single state, every single county, you can go there and pick an age within that county, and that same percentage have voted in every other county. That's called an algorithm. It's impossible. In any other election in history, that didn't happen. 32% uh, of Pima County, 32-year-olds, uh, 32 32-year-older 32 in Pima County, 
uh, the same percentage of 32-year-olds voted in Maricopa County and everywhere in Arizona. That's impossible. Any other election, it's all over the board. Well, what we have, Steve, is we went around and we got we got the voter rolls. You can buy it. So in Alabama, I had to pay 30-some thousand dollars out of my pocket to get that. Yeah, most states, it's free. We have, So let's say Arizona. We have all the people that registered, all the people that actually voted, and then people that were on their, that they took off the registration voter rolls after the election. So you got these three put, footprints in time. Now we put them into this computer that's been developed by this company, separate company from mine. They, they, this is work they've done with many different, uh, they've worked for the, uh, uh, the TSA, they've done work for the government before, they've done, they, uh, they, find, they find deviations and stuff and they use mathematics. But they took this, all these stuff from the election, put it in their system and we had it made specifically for this election. So now you can go into Pima County and I'm going to have this for your show. I just told, just got off the phone. I said, I want you to pull all of Pima County. They're going to pull Pima County. And what's going to show is you're going to pull up an address. Pick an address, uh, 102 Fifth Avenue or whatever. And you go there, and it says that one person lives there. It's a one-person one residence. But there will be 14 or 15 names on there, all different last names, and they all voted. Now, when you go out canvassing, you find out, of course they don't live there and of course you know they just use their name so we combine computers with cyber evidence they interlock and then you find out that they just went out and grabbed names it can be names from dead people non-residents they don't care where they pull these names from and we, we, we like i'll give an example in wisconsin twenty-three thousand names were pulled when they had to react in wisconsin they all voted out of a prison address with the same phone number now, of course, they all didn't do that. People didn't do that. A computer did that to grab their names. That was what was done in our whole country, everybody, in every single state. They just, they're using voter rolls. Now, Steve, we have another thing that came up. They're called poll books. They're electronic poll books. Anybody, any of these, now we can figure it right down to the precinct uh, because the poll books are in there. They're electronic right next to the Dominion machines, ES&S, doesn't matter. They're online. Now you've got the poll books, you got, I mean, it's like, here you go. You know, there's no security on this. There's nothing. We have been taken over by China without, we're in, we're in unprecedented times. We're in a, we're in uncharted territory. It's never been done in the history of our country. We were taken, we've, we've been attacked. We have been attacked by China and they took our country and they did it in a blink of an eye. And that's where we're at. How do you then, when you go around and make these presentations to the AGs, these right. presentations, you bring the data, you do, and it takes you, yep. was it an hour, hour and a half, two hours, and they've got people in there it's, doing due diligence? Well, there's been there's been one one particular state, and I told these guys, I promised I wouldn't bring them, bring them all up. It's all going to be anonymous when we sign it all on that, the two days before Thanksgiving, you know, however, whether it's 20, 30 AGs, whatever, they're all going to sign together. But when we go there, Steve, it's usually the first meeting will take about two hours because they want to see not just the cyber evidence, which, by the way, since the cyber symposium, we've got the evidence that, yes, China did this. Hello. Uh, with help here in, in the U.S. Um, so we show them that and we show them that and then we show them the canvassing stuff we've done. 
and we show them their actual voters, their actual, you can pull it up, we pull it up, hey, look at this, pick an address, and we show them that, then some of them will have, well, can you, can you go out and do some canvassing? We're in 38 states now. We'll run out, we'll do canvassing. We have volunteers, that, they'll go out there and do canvassing, so we're actually knocking on the door to validate what we already know. You have an aerial shot from Google Analytics saying, here's a, this little tiny house, and 30 people voted there, and they all use the same phone number. Isn't that weird? They all use the same phone number. And, and some of them, uh, we, in one particular state, there was 200 people exactly 127 years old. And that, of course, is some of the issues that are being raised in uh, the 2020 election and an audit report that is coming out. The Democrats don't like these audit reports. They don't like a lot of electoral questions. It's something that sadly goes back to an era known as Tammany Hall here in New York City when uh, there was a lot of strange machinations that went on with elections. At the end of the day, they said, we want everybody to vote, but don't expect everything to be counted. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm Mike in New York, and let's just hope this thing gets cleared up because the more this is raised, the more people don't want to get involved in elections. The more people don't want to see politics as people governance, but bad people in governance. That's all for me for now for tonight. And that's been our little pillow talk with Mike Lindell. I'm Mike of New York. Have a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs>